Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast. This is episode 83. My name is Chloe. I'm here with Pastor Adam. Hey, hey. And this is the 11th and final episode in the series that we have been doing. We're calling it the Fact Check Series, where we are taking common phrases that we hear and figuring out, is it true godly wisdom or is it earthly not godly, but false right. wisdom. There I was like, go. what's the other word? <laughs> um, so yeah, work. yeah, we've been going through lots of different phrases, and this is the final episode of that series. Yeah, yeah. Last week we hit up uh, like all you need in this life is you fill in the blank, whatever it is. Um, and so we're going to hit up one last one today. And like we said before, like Chloe was saying, it's just nuggets of stuff that you hear in the world, and that on the surface, typically they all sound pretty solid. Like you mm-hmm. should trust them. But as Christians, the whole point here is is that we are um, not just trusting anything that we hear, but we are putting it back through Scripture. We are applying it to godly principles, right, um, and determining whether this is wisdom we should listen to or not, and if this is wisdom we should share or not. This is one. I think that this is how we started. Like, let's. We'll, this is our last one, but we'll wrap up. The thought behind this was we. And people, so I'm, I'm throwing myself in there too. We'll mm-hmm. see something online, some sort of meme or something. Is it meme the right word? Yes, yeah. I think so. And it'll be like, yeah, that's the truth. Right. And we'll share it. Right. And so it's not just us living by it, but then it's also us propagating this stuff in the world that we'll share it, or then teaching these concepts to our children, or, or you know what I mean? Like, and we'll just grab something, we'll throw it out there. And so Chloe and I had seen. I don't remember exactly when we started this, but when we started brainstorming this episode, but we had seen. One particular person, I think, share a bunch of stuff, and we were mm-hmm. like, "This stuff is garbage, right?" <laughs> this is terrible advice. This is terrible advice. <laughs> yeah. But it. But they were. They. I think if I'm remembering correctly, they were hurt in a relationship or something, and so what they were sharing was all about, you know, being you, and you don't need that person or whatever it may mm-hmm. be. And, and it just got us going. There's a lot of junk out there mm-hmm. that. As Christians, we probably shouldn't be so quick to push the share button. You know what I mean? And we are. We're very quick to throw push the share button, right? We see some cool content, something funny, some whatever it may be, and we're like sharing it. And then sometimes it's it's this wisdom stuff that is false wisdom, really, which means it's 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 of the enemy. It's getting us off track, but then we'll share it like it's nothing because it fits our situation in the moment. Right. And so what we talked to was like, well, there's got to be a better way. Instead of be an easier way to be able to take these things and kind of throw them through. And so what we've looked at is we've taken a scripture from James chapter 3 um, that gives us this instant filter to whether it's false wisdom or true wisdom in the world, which if we say this enough, which we've now said for 11 episodes, hopefully it'll become ingrained to us when we hear something, see something, or something is taught to us boss, parent, whatever it may be, trusted person that you trust, right? Like that we can go, let me just real quick, is it is this something I should be listening to? Is this something I should be selling and sharing? Is right. this something that I should be living by? And there's obviously all kinds of ways you could put this through Scripture, but this particular verse in James, one, it's from Jesus' little brother who didn't believe until Jesus resurrected, and so it has this validity to it that's ridiculous. Um, and, and two, it's so simple that it kind of surmises all the wisdom scriptures and all these places where you would take these things and throw them through. So what he says is, is um, 
that that false wisdom is earthly, it's unspiritual, and it's demonic. And so there's your filter right there off the bat. And so you just take these things that you hear, see, feel, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's been something that's been taught to you your whole life. Like there's some stuff like this that's been taught to you your whole life. Like all you need in this world is to find a good woman. That's all you need, right? That may have been taught to you. Right. Or all you need is a good man. And I, you, may, you may be one of those girls who grew up in a situation where that was just pushed on you all the time. All you need is to be married and have a family. And well, right. I'm just making up one. That's the one right, we talked right. about last week. Right. You may have heard it and grew up with it. And if you if you just throw it through this quick little filter, you can determine very quickly whether it um, is wise, meaning it's godly, true wisdom, or whether it is false um, wisdom that we shouldn't listen to. Um, so earthly just means focused on the here and the now. Mm-hmm. So what James is saying is, is that if false wisdom is always going to be focused on right here, right now, mm-hmm. not an eternity mindset. That it's unspiritual, meaning it's always going to be focused on what you can do, your own power, or humid, human limited power. And then demonic, what he means is it's going to be you-centered, means it's going to be human being-centered. And so that gives us then the idea of understanding that true wisdom would be eternal. It would be not just the here, but the then, right? Not just the now, but mm-hmm. the yet to come, right? It would be focused right. on all those things. And it would be Holy Spirit-led instead of unspiritual, which means it would be about God's power. That would be true wisdom. That there's a focus on the fact that God is all-powerful, not us. God is in control, not us. And then holy, meaning that it's God-centered, not us-centered. And so right. great, cool, quick filter. So the one we're going to do today is, last one, is what, Chloe? Now or never. Now or never. Everybody has said this before, and I yes. think everybody has toyed with you know, a decision or something where they have felt this way, like a now or never. I also was just watching High School Musical 3 the other day, and the opening song from High School Musical 3 is called Now or Never. I just realized that because every time he kept singing, that song kept popping in my head. I was like, why is that song coming to my head? And I realized it's Now or Ah, Never. It's a great movie. And it (laughs) definitely, I don't think I've ever seen any of those. Oh, my god! I don't like musicals. You probably would hate these because it's based on high schoolers. Oh, yeah. But it came out when I was like... Six, seven, eight years old. Oh, oh so you like my it. gosh! Yeah. I lived for it. I was gonna I marry Zac Efron. <laughs> I hate musicals. I hate, I hate songs. Oh, I'm not supposed to say hate. My strongly kids have been dislike. hitting me on that lately. <laughs> I strongly dislike. <laughs> I despise. I can say that um, musicals because I don't think you should be singing something that you just should be saying in a movie. Oh, like it's a basketball scene that opens up. He's like playing oh. basketball, singing now or never. <laughs> <laughs> I like basketball. It's pretty funny. <laughs> like the, I, I can tell you, like, so out of all those, like, famous movies that people just absolutely love that are, like, musicals, um, like Grease and, you know, I'm trying to think of some other ones. But anyway, the people are like, oh, this is great. I'm like, I hate these movies. Like, you know, I hate them. And, but the one, that, the one that I love that I have seen at least 100 times because the kids play it all the time um, is uh, The Greatest Showman. Oh, that one, the music in that one is really good. That movie's great. Hugh and Jackman, I don't even everything mind. Hugh Jackman does just turns into gold yeah, anyway. I don't even so. mind listening. That's got Zach Efron in too, doesn't yes, it? Yes, yeah, it does. Yeah. I forgot about I, that. I, I don't even mind the singing in that one. I just right. love, that is so good. Yes. Um, but all the rest of them I don't like. It's a shame. Anyway. High School Musical is the way to go. Anyway. Now or never. <laughs> now right? or never. So now everybody's going to go watch a musical or High School Musical. Yes, the third now one. Now or never is the one we're talking about here. So... This one obviously is all about timing. It's mm-hmm. all about timing and decision making, right? Mm-hmm. And this this premise of 
if you don't do it now, then you're never going to do it, right? Um, if you don't do it right this moment, then there's a problem. Mm-hmm. If you if you don't jump on the opportunity when it first presents itself, you'll never right? have it again. You'll never have it again, right? Um, and that that just can't be true. Like I don't think in any way that this is going to pass. Let's just throw it through there real quick because then we're going to just talk through it. Right. Um, now or never is that earthly? Focus on the here and the now. Yes. I mean, by it far. Says now. Right. <laughs> now or never. <laughs> by far. Like there's no there's no sense here of anything other than the moment. Right. Right. There is a all we know is what is in the moment, and so that must be now because we're also then saying that we know the future too. Mm-hmm. Right, and that I mean, isn't that what it's saying, which means that, that it's the next one too. It fails the next one. It's unspiritual, yes. all on your power. Oh, right, yeah. absolutely. Right, so it's I know what I have to do now, and I know that I'm never going to get this opportunity again. I yes. don't know how you could possibly know that, but you know that that's going to be right. the case. And so then it's you're, you, you, it's all about you and your power determining what is the right time for something in your life. Um, and I just don't think we ever know that. No, like there's no way. How could there be? Right. How, how could there be a way? I mean, that we would know that we would never have an opportunity. I mean, how many times have you ended up in something that you just never, you never had, never like? How in the world could this have ever happened? And yet, I'm in this good or bad situation, right? right. Or the things that you said when you were growing up, or when you looked at other people, and you said, "I'll never do that. I'm never going to be that person. I may do a lot of things, but I'm never going to do that." And then later on, the older you get, the more you realize that you find yourself doing that, mm-hmm. like. I don't know how many people I know say this before they have children. I did this too. That those particular things about our parents, I'm never going to say that. I'm never going to do that. And then you turn around finding yourself doing the exact same thing, right? So it's it's just this idea of you don't you don't know. You you don't have any clue of what time holds or what the opportunities are, or where God's going to lead that path or or redeem that path and change those things and make things happen at different time frames, right? It's all about timing. Yeah. Um so I definitely think it fa- passes that fails there, and then also the demonic, you centered. It's, it's definitely you centered. It yeah. feels like everything about this feels like not You're generally winning. not making a decision for someone else and going now or never. <laughs> You're generally never making a decision for someone else, right? And it's all about you, yeah. And, and isn't it like I don't know? It, it, doesn't it kind of feel void of it's when God wants me to do it? Mm-hmm. Like it definitely feels it sort is. of like. I am the center of things, right? And so, I have to make the decision based on what I know, and and I need to do what I want to do. You know what I mean? Like it, right. it definitely feels that way. And I, that that there's no way for God to make these things happen later, right? right. But it definitely feels like you're centered oh, in yeah. this. So I think it fails right off the bat. Let's Me just too. talk through it a little bit. I think better. Look, Colleen and I were talking about it a lot before we recorded, and then we were it was good, and then we were scared we were going to forget it, and the, yeah. we kind of have already. Lord, bring and so, it back to us. Please, Lord. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a scripture that I use at every single funeral that I do. I just did one a few days ago, and um, it's from Ecclesiastes 3. It's the first part, and it says, and you, you probably will recognize it because it is was turned into a song by the birds. How's the song goes, Chloe? Turn, turn. Yeah, every season, <laughs> turn, turn. Something the like way that, I right? sing on this podcast, you would not know that I was yeah, like, you actually sing. a worship leader. Right. You would not know that I also am an amazing singer on this podcast. No. I was I like, wait, he's, he's got to be making that up. No joke. So I sit on the front left side mm-hmm. for worship at church, and there is a camera person 
straight in front of me. God bless them. And they're <laughs> different, right? And so I will go up to them if they're new, right? And I'll lean into their ear and I'll be like, "You have to hear me sing, and it's bad, just so you know." <laughs> and so that I, I then I will. And then like Olivia, um, our oldest daughter Olivia, she's fifteen. <coughs> Excuse me. She was shadowing the worship team because she's going to be I in the adult worship team. I was going to bring this up if she didn't tell oh, yeah. you this. I was going to humble you, but you've yeah. already been humbled. <laughs> you know the story too? So it means she already shared it. So, yes. so she's back there and she's standing behind the curtain where you can't see her. So she's off stage because she's technically backstage. Right. And she's listening to the worship because she's paying attention to what's happening and mm-hmm. just getting the flow, the shadow mm-hmm. flow. And she hears me singing through the curtain yes, and how bad does. it is. And somebody, one of the camera guys had already told her how bad your daddy sings. And then she heard it and she was like, it's right. It is horrible. Like, but it is. It's just me. She came up to me. She was like, I was standing there. I could hear my dad singing through that curtain. It's bad in worship. It's real bad. <laughs> Look, like, oh, joyful man. noise. Yes, it was joyful, joyful and it was a noise. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And by the way, um, that is correct. And so, but that does not mean that just because God wants us to make a joyful noise that you should be a worship leader or on stage or have a microphone if you can't sing. Just True. saying. Right? True. That becomes more of a distraction. Yeah. Joyful noise people should sing to the Lord in the congregation, yes. but not on the stage. Anyway, yes. podcast for another day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go back to the Excellence podcast we did with uh, Preston. Preston. Yes. yes. Later on, you get like back to that. the last episode of either the first episode of this year or the last episode of last year. It was a long time year. ago. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Ecclesiastes 3. Um, says, and I'm going to paraphrase most of this when we go through it, but you can read through it. This is like 1 through 11. Mm -hmm. It says, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. So it's talking about timing. And specifically, this scripture is based on God's timing. And and it starts to give this list. So like, uh, and you've probably heard this before, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep, um, and a time to laugh, and just all these things, like Mm -hmm. a time to dance, a time to mourn, like all these things are through here, a time to be silent, a time to speak. I mean, it just starts to set this tone of in this life that we live in, there is a season and a time for everything. Mm -hmm. And it's pointing to the fact that there is, that it's not us. Right, and so the end of this verse, verse is what's most important. So that's the that's the part that's just real catchy, right? That's the part that was turned into the song. The last few verses, this is what it says: What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. Not really talking about the burden of hard work. It's talking about this this burden that we have inside of our souls. Like, listen to this: He has made everything beautiful in its time. He's also set eternity inside the human heart. And then here's the burden. Yet, no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And so it's this idea of everything has its time, and everything is beautiful in its time, and we've, we've got eternity in our hearts, right? Because there's this tie for us to the God, the Creator who made us, who is infinite in time and space. And so us being made in His image, we have this eternal peace yearning inside of our souls. That make any sense, mm-hmm. right? That's why everybody, I mean everybody, no matter what they believe, given certain times and circumstances, and especially at the point of death, really question this, what's next? Like what, you know what I mean? Like right. no matter what they believe. And I've been around, I don't know how many people who did not believe that anything happened after death, but right before they died, they were like, 
I don't know what's coming. There was this feel, this pull, mm-hmm. this feeling inside of your chest that there's something longer, right? Mm-hmm. There, so there's this, this, and so the burden he's talking about is the fact that nobody can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. In other words, there's a struggle with us uh, submitting to the fact that God, God is the keeper of time. Yeah, you know what I mean, and He's orchestrating things in certain timings that you and I are not. In other words. This this battle of now or never is always going to be a struggle for us, always. Um, and see, I think this scripture like can be real comforting in a season where there's death to know that there's a time for death. Mm-hmm. But I also think that it can be really confusing because there's a part of us that always wants to change up the order to things. Like so thinking about death and a funeral, because that's the way I brought it up. Um, sometimes the time to fight don't last long enough. And then sometimes the time to go, go home comes too quickly, right? And yeah. it seems like it's out of the blue, and it just, where did, what happened? Why did this happen so fast? You know what I mean? It's not the right time for that. And so yeah. there's this struggle around us all the time. But see, the, the, the point is, is here is that we're not the keepers of the time. Like, God is the keeper of the time. We're just participants. That's really good. You know what I mean? Like, that's all we are. We're mm-hmm. just participants in the time. And so in God's timing, everything's perfect. It can't not be. Right. So if there's if you have a basis of belief in a perfect, holy, righteous God, then anything he does is perfect. He can't do anything but perfect if he's perfect, holy, and righteous, right? So that means that his timing and the way things happen, that's the perfect timing. Not the right. timing that you and I want to dictate. Yeah. You know, and so when we say this now or never phrase, let's see if we can go back to what we were talking about before. I don't know if we can get even get to it, but when we say now or never, I mean, what are we doing here? We're 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 taking the whole timing of God and placing mm-hmm. it in our hands, right? Absolutely. And we are then limiting. Aren't we then limiting the perfect timing of God? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we are. Because we're saying what? Like, and you've walked through this some recently, you know, mm-hmm. like you, we're saying that if you don't do this now, then there's You'll like, never have there's never opportunity. an opportunity to do yeah. it. So I was telling Adam before we started recording, just at the phase that I'm in in life, like, being in your 20s and like you're thinking you know like what do I want to do and making decisions and changing things up and stuff like that um I've had a lot of people who they don't mean anything bad by it. it's not even that it's terrible advice but they were saying like you got to do you know you got to do the big things while you're young basically like you got to make the big changes while you're young and it's like yeah people said about going to school yeah, right yeah, you got to go do to college as soon as you're young because you can't do it later but or... it doesn't mean yeah it doesn't mean that you can't do it later it might be a little more difficult later but it doesn't mean that you can't do it. And just because it's more difficult doesn't mean that that should deter you from doing it right. later. It might actually be more beneficial to right. do it when it's more difficult. Right. And so, um, I don't know. I think there's just something to be said about waiting if the time is right to wait. And there's something sure. to be said about going for it if the Jumping. time is right to right. go for it, to jump. Yeah. And it's not that one way is better than the other. It just depends on how God is leading I just you. think you have to submit this. And I do think that this is that burden it's talking about. Like, this is difficult for us as people. It might be the most difficult thing to submit the timing of what happens in our lives to God and try to determine. This is where we also get into determining will, right? Mm -hmm. But we won't go to that right now. But this this is a common (laughs) phrase, right? I mean, it goes together. Yeah. Um, Is this God's will right now? Is this the time for this? But we've got to submit those things to God and know that... Our goal is to do what he wants us to do in his timing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and not decide that if I don't do it now, it'll never happen. That is so limited. Anytime we do anything, say anything, live a way where we limit God, we mm-hmm. are in trouble, right? And this is a big one. Um, and it happens all the time. And, and, you know, you're always guessing. It's like if you're like going, well, oh, this is the time. Like if you're going to do this, you got to do it now. <laughs> it's always a guess. Yeah. The only time you ever say, I know exactly this is the right thing to do no matter what, and I've got to do it. I've got to make this decision. The only time you say that is after the fact. Mm-hmm. That's 2020 talking. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look back on it and you go, yep. But in the moment, there was always this little twinge of, is this right? Is this not? Should I? Or should? You know, there's always right. an element because there has to be an element of faith in trusting God's timing. Mm-hmm. There must be. And so even if you're like 199% sure, you're going to be 1% that you're not, you know, mm-hmm. like when we... When we started the church, I always told her this a few minutes ago, I always knew somewhere deep inside of my soul, I don't know how I knew it, right? But I always knew that we would plan a church one day, like that we would start one. Mm-hmm. I always knew that, which is weird to me because the idea of planting churches was foreign to me. It right. was a foreign concept. I didn't understand it. As a matter of fact, you know, the way I grew up was I just thought churches were there, and then if you were going to be a pastor, you were going to go to a church that already existed. Like, I didn't even understand church planting. Matter of fact, I thought it was stupid at first. I remember being in an evangelism class. You may have heard me say this before. And, um, and the, the, the teacher, the professor said uh, that the best method for evangelism, for spreading the gospel in the world, is church planting. And I was like... What? It doesn't even make any sense. Because yeah. I'm from this town that's called the town of churches. Mm-hmm. And I'm from this town that's got, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of churches. They're there literally like every block, every corner, every street. Um, and I was like, and out in the county too, like not just mm-hmm. in the city. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, wouldn't it be? And so my, my pushback was, and I said this out loud, like, wh- why wouldn't you just go to a church that already exists? And go from there, right. right? And he said back to me this phrase that I'll never forget, that it is easier to give birth to a baby than it is to resurrect the dead. Oh, uh, snap. Right. <laughs> in other well, words, it's easier to start a ship going in the right direction and keep it that way than it is to turn one. Right. Because when you go try to turn a ship that's been going in one direction for a long time, do you know what happens? Mm-hmm. The, the captain gets mutinied. He gets thrown overboard before it's mm. over with, right? And you'll, like, I know this is off subject to us, what we're talking about, but if you look at church, just that's what happens. Like, yeah. church is going the wrong way, bringing a new pastor, starts to move and change the vision and get it going back in the direction it's supposed to go in, and next thing you know, they done ate him up, spit him out, throw him overboard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I always knew that it was going to happen, but I had no idea when. And so, like, literally when Valerie and I planted Union Church, which, by the way, we're celebrating 10 years right now, so I'm thinking about this a lot. When we planted the church, even though we knew, like we knew in our heart of hearts, our deepest part of our souls, that God was telling us to do this. And we knew that the time was kind of like now, but there was still a massive doubt, so much so that what I would say and what we still say is, is we decided to jump off the cliff mm-hmm. and hopefully we would learn how to fly. Baby bird would learn how to fly before it hit the ground. That was right. the thought. Um, so, you know, you're never going to know fully. Right. And I just think it is so diminishing of God to think that you have to know fully that it's now. Right. Or even to suggest that it's never. Yeah. You know, it's just not a good thought. Right. Um I don't know. The 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 limiting of the time of God is or us deciding that we are now playing 
timekeeper is never going to work. Does that make sense, Chloe? Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think of uh, Paul's missionary journey. Like, I don't know if you've ever, if you, if you grew up in church, this happened to you. You were in some church somewhere in some pew, bored to death, right? Because the kids were always in church with the adults um, <laughs> instead of in an environment that makes sense for them. But regardless, I'm, I'm getting off on a tangent. <laughs> anyway, um, and you know, you were thumbing through some pew Bible somewhere or something, and you started looking at the maps in the back. And if you look at Paul's missionary map, it literally looks like a tangled up ball of twine, the way it's laid out. Like it looks like a uh, a uh, bird's nest of fishing line. Have you ever seen a bird's nest of fishing line? So like if you, there's several different kinds of reels you can use. And if you use a bait caster reel, if you don't do it right, you'll cast it. And then all of a sudden the line will turn into a bird's nest and you'll have to sit there forever and pull it out and get it straight. And oh, it's just a nasty mess. Awful. When you look at it, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. Um, only, only people that's going to get that are fishing people. Right. Um, but if you look at his, this is what he looks like. And you go, this is stupid. Paul's an idiot. Like what? Why didn't this mug just go the efficient route? Like right. he's right here when he go there next, go there next. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. you know, it's, he's got to do it. It's now or never. And so just go to the next town, right? God's right. calling you, go to the next one. Um, but he goes all over the place. And you think, well, why does it look like that? Well, that's because it was God's time and not his. And yeah. so he would go start going to somewhere and then something crazy would happen and he'd end up in this other place, right? And then he'd end up in this other place and he'd end up in this other place. And, and the place where he was always trying to get to, he doesn't ever get to. And so if, if there was this mentality of, oh my gosh, it's now or never, right. then then he's wasting his opportunity. He's never going to go to that place he's trying to go. Right. Um, but he does. But it's in the time of a God. And so it ends up looking like some weird treasure map, right? Some Some hidden treasure map thing. Or some bird's nest of fishing line or a ball of twine or yeah. or a tangled up Christmas lights. You ever notice how you put Christmas lights away and then when you go get them out, they're tangled up like crazy? Like that's what it ends up looking like because it's not about his timing. It was about God's timing. I think this is a dangerous one. Yeah. I think, and especially you were talking about your situation, you're young and decision making and where you're at. I think it's a dangerous one to share this information with people and discount the fact that God could do those things. I mean, so the point is um, we need to do things in the timing of God and we're always going to be guessing a little bit with that. Mm-hmm. Right. But just because you don't do it right now does not mean it's never going to come up. Yeah. I think that's also like goes kind of like, how do you view God? Like, do you think he's the type of God that's like, Oh well, yeah. You like you it. had that one right. opportunity. I'm never going to present you with that again. Like you missed it too bad. You know, I don't, how can he's we, not like that. How can we, and we do this. I've, I've done this. I've done this with timing. I've done this with like, Oh, I blew it. I blew my opportunity. That time's never going to come around again. Right. right. I've done this in the church world. I was like, I mean, I've thought this, um, it has to be now or never, and now I've blown it because now I'm too old, mm. right? You know what I mean? Now I'm too old, and guys, it's not going to happen. And, you know, nobody's growing a church at a certain age, and, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, we just blown it. So I do this, too. So I'm not throwing everybody else on the bus. How can we, how can we take God at this never-ending fount of forgiveness and grace, right, of, well, God will forgive me. You know, even though I screwed up or whatever, and he's not going, see, you did it again. It's over with. Right. right? But then not still apply that same, because that's, that's his character. Like, mm-hmm. that's, not, that's not the nature of forgiveness. Mm-mm. That's the nature of God's character. Mm-hmm. And 
or, or the grace piece. Like, you know, we screwed up. We didn't do it right. But yet here's God's grace again. Mm-hmm. And it just comes free flowing all the time and in flexible. all situations. Right. It's flexible. But how can we not apply that character to timing? It's the same character. Yeah. And so like you were saying, is is not how can we just buy the fact that he's not going he's just sitting there going, Well, you blew that shot, that opportunity's never coming up again. Yeah. Or that he's just planning and laying out a bigger opportunity at some point in time or some way that it looks different, you know. I don't know. Does this make sense? This ain't near as good as what we said earlier. No, I think it's really good. I think it makes total sense. Yeah. I don't have anything to add, though. (laughs) Did you want me to have something to add? (laughs) Not necessarily. I just, you know, I I don't know. This one's a conundrum for me because I tend to buy this constantly. I tend to buy this. But I know it's wrong, even though, but then I still end up buying it. Like, I know that God can do anything. That all things are possible, Right. And that he is indeed, you know, using all these things and working these things to the good of those who love him, right? And he is ordering paths. Like, Mm -hmm. I know those things, and yet I still tend to end up falling into this, especially when it's time to make a decision, or you feel like you missed an opportunity. Yeah. Um, And so what you end up doing, I think, a lot, and you just you tell me earlier that you've experienced this recently, you end up... Because you feel like you missed opportunities in life before and you didn't do your now and never thing, that you feel like you need to say that to other people when they're at the point of being able to do their now or never thing, mm-hmm. right? And so you end up you end up giving them this false notion that if they don't do it now, mm-hmm. they're never going to do it. Right. But it's not going to come around again. And it just carries on because they pass it on to someone else. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just a, that's such a limited view of God. And it just flies in the face of his character that you believe for forgiveness. Yeah. And that you believe for grace, and that you believe for mercy, but you don't apply it to his timing. It doesn't make any sense. If he's the one ordering the steps, you know, like that Paul's missionary, I can't stop thinking about that lately um, because it's just all over the place. And that's because that's the way God wanted it to be. And that was the timing that was there for it. Yeah. And obviously, we are sitting here right now because God's timing worked, right? Yeah. Who knows what would have happened if it would have been the other way? You know what I mean? Like, we yeah. don't know. So I think don't limit God on the fact that opportunities can come up later. Don't buy this lie, you know, of, well, if you don't go to college right out of high school, you ain't never going to do it. Um, and and I, me and Chloe were talking about it before. I think when people say those things, they don't really mean never. Right. What they mean is that it's going to be very hard later. Mm-hmm. But why does that why does that difficulty shouldn't necessarily deter you? Right. Well, why why yeah. does that change it? Yeah. Matter of fact, it might be better in certain situations if that's the case. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. We have a good friend who um got married right after we got married. So me and Valerie, we I married when I was nineteen and a half years old, right? And so right. he's a little bit older than us. They got married. They, they were in our wedding, and then a few months later, we were in theirs, or they were in theirs, and we were in theirs, and then they were in ours. I don't remember, but anyway, right. and. This guy had, he was from Charlottesville. Um, he might be listening right now. I hope you don't mind me sharing it. So, oops. Anyway. Um, <laughs> he didn't say his name. He, I didn't say his name. He lived in Charlottesville all his life. And he always dreamed as a kid of going to UVA. Right? Mm-hmm. He loved UVA. He wanted to go to UVA. And when he met her, he was here and in Danville. She was from Danville. And they got married. And he sort of just put that on hold and or vacated it completely. I mm-hmm. think it, for him, it definitely was a, well, it's never going to happen for me. Um, and then, you know, we were all been married six months to a year and he shows up at home one day and there are divorce papers sitting on the table 
and she's gone. She's just left. Mm-hmm. And she had some issues that had happened and some loss in her life. And um, it probably it wasn't the right time for them to get married either. And and anyway, he was devastated. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just rocked. And so he ends up kind of meandering his way eventually back to Charlottesville. And at some point he said, I'm going to go to UVA. And so he ends up trudging through and it taking him about 10 years at part-time status when he could pay for it between working and all this stuff to go to UVA. It takes about 10 years to graduate. And he graduates from UVA as a 40-year-old man. That's you know what so I mean? That's so cool. Um, and so it wasn't now or never, yeah. right? And if he had went when he was younger, like if you talked to him about it, if you go, he went when he was younger, he thinks he wouldn't have. He thinks he wouldn't have stayed anyway. Like right. he thinks he would have probably quit or failed out or whatever, or been distracted or not appreciated it the same way. And, yeah. And then not long after he um, graduated, he meets a girl there, a woman there, and I had the opportunity to marry them on the steps of the UVA, whatever you call it there, the real pretty rotunda or whatever it is. I don't know what it was, but it was just like full circle. And it was this picture of it's God's timing. You know what I mean? And his timing, there may be some hurtful, hard things through there, but his timing's perfect. And in the moment, you know, he's faithful and he makes these things happen in the time that they should. And if we live by him now or never, then maybe maybe he doesn't ever go back to UVA. Maybe he doesn't ever pursue that again. And you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we just can't buy that lie, um, especially when we're talking to young people about these things. I think think that this advice typically comes down to young people, like advice that they're getting or receiving of do it while you can, where there's no responsibilities or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then also when it comes to hard decisions, like if you don't take this opportunity while you have it then it's never going to come around again. Mm, I, I just don't think that those are the absolutes we should live in with God. No. Like the absolutes we should live in is, is it's his perfect. He's the keeper of the time. That's the absolute mm-hmm. we should live in. Not, well, if I don't do it now, it's never going to happen. Yeah, I just think that that's dangerous yeah. um, and not God honoring. To me, this is absolutely false. This to me is one of those false wisdoms out of all the ones we've said that is very much rooted in the enemy wants you to buy this. Right. The enemy wants you to buy this. He wants you to be impetuous with your decisions, to think that that God is not eternal, that God is not the keeper of the time, that you have control in the moment, that things are not going to come around again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I just think that this one's one that the enemy's like, buy this one, buy this, please buy this one. Because right. by nature, when we live by... Um, now or never, we are limiting. We are limiting who God is and what God is capable of. Yeah. We're diminishing His character for sure, um, and which is which is a, a place that the enemy wants us. Yeah. He wants us in a spot where we believe that we've missed the opportunities, and and now so so there's an air of which is why I think you can see that this is the enemy's wisdom. There's an air of hopelessness in this statement, right? Mm-hmm. And there ain't ever hopelessness in God. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you the, don't do it now, then there's no hope there's that it hopelessness. would ever come yep. around again. Yep. Yeah. And so there's this there's this air of at some point, if it doesn't work out now, if you miss a decision, if you miss a path, if you make the wrong choice or whatever, no hope in restoring that in the future. No hope of going back to it again. Yeah. You just have to find some other opportunity that's not like it was supposed to be because you messed it up and there's no hope. 
This is yeah. the enemy selling us, sowing into us hopelessness um, and the lack of God being in control and God being the keeper of the time. So, yeah, that's good stuff. I think so. I like that. Well, thank you everybody for joining us today on this the Messy Mouth Podcast. One, right? Yeah, the last one of this series. So next week we will be back with a new series. Let's tell them. Tell them. All right. So we don't have a name for it yet, but yeah, uh, I don't think. No. But the the idea is is that we are going to talk through um, why the church in America is in decline. So why the Western church, particularly, we're talking America, but it also involves Canada. It involves right. the majority of South America. It's at least Central America. Um, why the church in America is dying. Why is it declining? Mm. And so we're going to try and talk through what are those reasons? What's causing this to happen? And we're going to get some perspectives from different people. And so we've got a, we've got a blogger who will be on. We've got mm-hmm. um, a missionary who will be on. We've got a police officer, a former police officer, former detective who's mm-hmm. retired now will be on. We've got some different folks cool. to share some different perspectives. Um, we'll have a teenager on through this and just some different, just some different perspectives of why the church is declining. Cause I think yeah. that's something that we should talk through. Um, you know, our walks are messy. That's the whole premise of our podcast. Um, and that messiness, which it will always be, I'm not saying it won't be like the walking with Jesus is messy because we are sinful people, yeah. but that messiness does impact the spread of the gospel. Mm-hmm. It does impact the um, reputation of the church. It does impact what's happening. And there's ways in which we get in the way. And I think that's what we'll determine yeah. um, as we go through this. But um, if you haven't paid attention to the news and stuff lately, if you've been watching, um, this is all over the place right now because there's new stats and stuff that have come out, especially post-COVID, that have sort of leaned us towards seeing that the church is in steep, steep decline. Yeah. But not every church. We're talking about the church in general. In America. In America, yeah. yeah. And not in the rest of the world either. Yeah, um, they're doing really well out mm-hmm. there. Certain places is just booming like yeah. crazy. Um, but in America, there's something going on. And so, of course, it's not going to be one single issue. There's going to be lots of stuff. So right. we're just going to talk to those things. Yep. And uh, I th- I'm excited about that. I like stuff like that. It sounds like it'll be kind of uh, sad. Um, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> sounds going to be kind of... It does. Doesn't it sound kind of like a want, want, want series? But I think it'll give us good perspective. You know, we can't always be sitting around talking about positives and roses. I mean, we got to be able to dive into the problems and issues. And so, and that's kind of what we did with all this advice too. Same thing, right? And this has never been the type of podcast to be like, here's a problem, no solution. Like there will be discussion of like, what what can we do to remedy this too? There are, there are remedies for it. There are fixes for it. You know, don't ever buy, don't don't, try not to listen to the people who are always like, you know, here's the problem and it's over. Right. It's done. Yeah. Right. There's no way to fix it. That ain't true. Especially when it comes to the church, because Jesus knew what he's getting himself into. He knew who he was building his church with, right? There, There are, it's us. Like if you were, if you were Jesus and you were going to pick a species to bring the gospel through, um, would you pick humans? I would. I would pick like Labrador retrievers. That's exactly what, you know what I had about? in my mind. I kid you not. I was thinking, you thinking dogs. In the the image of a dog that came in my head dogs. was a freaking lab. That's so yes. Crazy. I would pick the sweetest dogs ever. Yes. Like you know, I would pick labs. Like I, you Golden know what I mean. Retrievers that are always happy to see you. But he picks us, and so that means he knows what he's getting into, 
And Jesus says very definitively that he will build his church mm-hmm. and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. And that's a big, big statement that he's the one building it. So it's in good hands, mm-hmm. but we need to talk about the ways in which we mess it up. Yeah. Right. So that's what we're going to tackle. Yeah. Be it's nice and be depressing good. for 10 weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm Woo-hoo. just kidding. That'll probably take us through the end of the year, by the way. Cool. Because so, um, we got some interviews and stuff like that on there. Yeah. So. Anyway, that's what we're going to do. Awesome. All right. Well, be sure to join us next week as we start the new series, and we'll talk to you soon. See you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.